0: What up, world? Welcome back to another episode of Locked on Blazers. I am your Blazers beat writer and pass-first point guard, Mike Richmond. I'm just finished up watching the end of uh, Nuggets Mavs, where Luka Doncic almost dunked his way into a last-second win, except Nikola Jokic decided to make a weird, barely-get-off-the-ground, incredible-touch-leaning 11-footer to win the game. Truly incredible, the NBA, random Thursday nights, really enjoyable. But we will get there in a scoreboard-watching segment that will come up later in the program. We'll also get to a game preview of the Blazers' final two games of the road trip at New Orleans and at San Antonio coming Friday and Saturday nights to a television near you. But before we get there, I want to talk milestones and legacies, y'all. It's time to dive deep into that record book. Or if you're me, a basketball reference page. Sometime on Friday evening, whether it's his first shot of the game or his second, or if he does it at the free throw line, Damien Lode is going to score a third point when the Blazers face the Pelicans. And when he does that, he will have 12,000... 563 career points, moving him into second place all-time and passing LaMarcus Aldridge in the Blazers' all-time scoring leader's book. He'll still be about mm, 6,000 points behind Clyde Drexler, whose name dots the record books just ahead of Lillard on pretty much every important list. And uh, this sort of milestone leading up to it, you know, in the last podcast, I talk a lot about uh, Lamarcus Aldridge coming back here with Damian Lillard and sort of their connection and blah, blah blah blah, two of the best Blazers of all time. But but it has got me thinking a lot over the last couple of days about longevity and legacy, uh, and and sort of all time rankings in the pantheon of this franchise and I don't want to uh, restart the debate or restart the debate whether Damian Lode is the greatest blazer of all time, that at this stage on in March of 2019, the greatest blazer of all time is not a debate. It would be foolish to have it. It's Clyde Drexler. Not only is he the franchise all-time leader in points, he's second in rebounds, second in assists, He's the all-time leader in steals. I didn't know this. He's the all-time leader in offensive rebounds, something I learned tonight. But he also has all the sort of, like, compiler leads. He's all-time leader in games, all-time leader in minutes, all-time leader in made shots, all-time leader in shots attempted, all-time leader in twos, made and missed, free throws made and missed. The dude is just, he's, you know, he's everywhere in these record books. All the, the sort of meaningful counting statistics that we like to judge players' legacies on, he's at the top. He also was the second best shooting guard in the NBA from 1987 to, you know, 1994-ish. Unfortunately, he played alongside Michael Jordan. He was, without Jordan, you know, Clyde probably gets uh, sort of the national due that he deserved, uh, you know, finished second in the MVP voting in 91, 92 season only to MJ. He was pretty clearly the second best player in the league that year, or not, if not pretty clearly, at least arguably apologies to Carl Malone and uh, David Robinson. But so right now in March of 2019, right as I sit here today, and talk to you guys. I don't think it's worth debating. I think it's, I think it's meaningless. Clyde Drexler is the greatest blazer of all time. But as I consider what Damian Lillard's going to do this weekend and the very strong likelihood that he ends up as the franchise's all-time leading scorer, all-time leading all-time leader in assists, uh, eventually games played in minutes and made field goals and all sort of the compiler stats I just mentioned. I think it is inevitable that Damian Lillard will be regarded as the greatest Blazer of all time when he hangs it up. And that is without making championships. Obviously, what really sets Clyde apart is not sort of the MVP stuff and the numbers I mentioned, but it's that he took the... He, the Blazers won the West twice with him. They were Western Conference champions and played in two, two finals. That obviously is what sets Clyde apart. That's really the the winning on top of all the numbers is what sets him apart. But I truly believe, and I kind of feel this way about LeBron and Michael Jordan too, is that when LeBron hangs him up, he'll have have been so good for so long that the idea of him not being the greatest player of all time will be harder and harder for us to to accept. Um, Obviously, he's struggled a little bit this year, so... Maybe my theory is not gaining as much steam as it once would, but the way I feel about Dame is that he what's gonna set him apart from, from Clyde, or what eventually separates him from Clyde, is that his consistency playing at a high level and then breaking every one of Clyde's records. And I hears an important sort of caveat and how that's gonna happen and how 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 Dame gets there. If he makes an all NBA team this year. This summer or next summer, either of the, after either of the following two seasons, he's eligible for a supermax super max extension. Uh, it means he could wipe out the final year of his current contract, add a little bit more money on top of that bad boy and extend for four more years. Uh, without doing the math, it's about 180 million extra bucks he could tack on and he would be a blazer for 13 seasons without ever really hitting free agency. He signed that Rose rule extension. Coming off his rookie deal, a five-year, hundred twenty-five million-dollar contract, and he has a obviously a chance for that the same idea as designated veteran, Supermax contract. For another hundred eighty million bucks, and and so he would never he this is a guy who would you know commit thirteen seasons. Of his life to this to one team, and I think that's fairly likely scenario that he signs that deal, and then, if. If, you know, things do come to pass where he, like Clyde Drexler, wants out, uh, the Blazers will find a way to get him out, even if he has years left on his contract. I don't think that's going to stop him, but I that, that's that's a conversation for another day. We'll ponder the uh, hypothetical 2022 trade demands when I'm really hurting for content in July. For now, I want to talk about just my, my extremely lukewarm take that there is... There is just an inevitability following Dame's career that starts Friday with him moving past LaMarcus Aldridge to second all-time and probably ends sometime in 2025 or something like that. When he's passed Clyde in every meaningful category that we count, except for maybe rebounds. And he's taken the Blazers to, you know, if they go to 10 consecutive Postseasons seasons or whatever it is and and they make and some way somehow they make a run even to the Western Conference Finals and they're they're going to regard Damian Lillard as the best blazer of all time it's inevitable I really believe it and that's what this week has me thinking about that's what this sort of this moment and and looking at where Dame is in a lot of the record books heading into Friday's game against New Orleans it's it's what this has me thinking about is that he has said multiple times he wants to be the greatest Blazer, and as he marches forward in his career, that inevitability looks stronger than ever. We gonna get back in the second segment and uh, talk about not just hypothetical records and what legacies mean, but actual basketball games. Blazers play two tough ones. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys what I've been telling you all week. And that is when you get in your car, tell your smart speaker, play podcast Lockdown Blazers. Make a part of your routine. Every time you hop in the car, make sure you're telling your smart speaker, smart device, whatever you got in there. Play podcast Lockdown Blazers. This, the, I keep these short, you know, t- between 20 and 28 minutes. They're perfect for your commute in the morning. They're perfect for, if you're taking your kids to school. They're going to improve your ride. They're going to improve your day. So hop in your ride. Tell your smart device, play podcast Lockdown Blazers, get a little, get a little Mike Richmond hoop dreams in your life. All right. Uh, I promised I'd talk about actual basketball games, so here we're going to do it. The Blazers on Friday play a not very good New Orleans team who kind of ruined their season and threatened to derail the whole franchise a little bit last year. Time's done changed. Last March and April, the Pelicans were basically the hottest team in the NBA, not named Portland. Rising from the ashes of a DeMarcus Cousins Achilles injury to be red hot entering the playoffs and become the first teams, the first team seeded six or lower since the NBA playoffs expanded to seven games in the first round to sweep the higher seed. Fast forward 10 months. A little less, 11 months. The Pelicans are 10 games under five hundred, and they're bad guys. Obviously, they've had this messy season with Anthony Davis demanding a trade, and then it playing out really publicly, and him not getting traded. But then the Pelicans deciding to go ahead and trade Nikola Miritich, who was kind of a key to their success last year. And then there were rumors that maybe they were trying to float Drew Holiday in some trades and that when they do end up making trades, Holiday will definitely be available. They fired their GM. I'm almost certain they're going to end up getting rid of their head coach Alvin Gentry. Yeah, so the Pelicans are a mess, which makes a game at Smoothie King Arena on a Friday night in March pretty important for the blazers to win they just the way the nba standings are shaking out and how close three through eight and really just how locked up three four five with the blazers is right now they can't really afford to lose to bad teams on the road and Anthony Davis is going to play. He's going to play 20 minutes on Friday and maybe weirdly won't play the fourth quarter like they've held him out of some recent games uh, where he plays 20 minutes, racks up 20 and 10, and then sits at crunch time. But I I think the big thing here for me with the Pelicans is that Drew Holiday is going to miss his fourth straight game. Pelicans have, since he's gone out, uh, with this, with this late, with this injury, this is the first. These are the first games that uh, Drew had missed all year, but the Pelicans are zero and three in those games. Like he, as important as uh, Davis is, and he's you know one of the three or five best players in the NBA. Uh, Holiday is, has been crucial for them, just sort of as a steadying force. He's a great defender. He's always given Dame fits, even kind of before he was celebrated as much as he was last year. Uh, where he kind of, I think they they figured out how to use him more on offense, and him and Gentry have been uh, a good pairing, letting Holiday play off the ball more and be free and have freedom to just kind of be a shooting guard and then go hard as hell on the defensive end. Drew was always a guy who gave Dame fits. So I think having him sit out is a big deal. Uh, like I said, they're 0-3 since he's he's gone out with this ab injury and uh this will be his fourth straight game missed i don't know if there's a lot of other interesting things about uh the pelicans other than them being not good and sort of a public mess um i guess they signed darius burtons if you're into san antonio forward davis burtons and wonder if he has a brother he does Another Latvian dude who can really shoot it. So you might get a chance to watch him for your first time. But beyond that, um, unless you're a big Julius Randle's being super left-handed fan, or if you're into Cajun Rondo, Alfred Payton, putting up triple doubles where he misses 14 shots like he did in his previous game, Pelicans aren't, uh, they don't bring a lot of excitement. But what they do bring is a chance for the Blazers to beat a bad team on the road, and that's really, really crucial. Because the Saturday game is against the best home team in the NBA. Uh, The Spurs are really good. They're just, uh, there's no way around it. I mean, at home, they're one of the best teams in the league. Uh, When Derek White plays, the point guard from University of Colorado, uh, they're really good. They've won six in a row. And when Derek White is is in the lineup, it allows them to have a little more balance um they've been thin all year at guard after using murray but he's really helped he's been a big surprise um it turned out to be just a really useful uh type of guard he did not play in the last meeting between uh the blazers and the and the spurs and it showed they had to use uh a lot of lineups where demar DeRozan rosen played point guard which just isn't his natural position they ran even maybe about a minute and a half where they let rudy gay initi- initiate a lot of the offense but uh Healthy Derek White means the, means the Spurs are a handful. Spurs playing in their home arena means they're a handful. Uh, I, I think these are really tough games, and to I think that ending that road trip second night of a back-to-back at a place like AT&T is really tough for the Blazers. So, uh, you know, if you want to see them split these last two games, you better hope they win that first one against a not-very-good New Orleans team. That's the one to win. Uh, when we get back in this third segment, I want to just do a quick whip around the league. Uh, it was a good day. It's a good day for the Blazers, for the idle Blazers, who traveled from LA to New Orleans this evening and got a little help while they were in flight. All right, welcome back. Still lockdown, Blazers. Still Mike Richmond. Four years after his uh, Blazers career ended, Wesley Matthews threw his former teammates a heck of an assist tonight. Matthews, who is now a guard for the Indiana Pacers, one of the NBA's best stories this season, in my opinion. Third in the East, despite uh, having their best player, Victor Oladipo, go down to an Achilles injury. In January, here they are, one of those teams that just refuses to let go of the rope. If they were supposed to give up, they must have missed the memo. But uh, was he Matthews? Doing the Blazers a solid. Uh, Pacers came all the way back from 19 down in the second half to beat the Thunder, and and Matthews was at the center of it. With about 40 seconds left, he tipped the ball away from Paul George and then hounded him on the perimeter and forced George to step out of bounds uh, on the possession that followed. Two possessions later, a possession later for the Pacers, and they got the ball back. Uh, Bojan Bogdanovic got into the paint, put up a floater, bricked it bad and Wesley Matthews crashed the board hard, put it back in. Put the thun- put the Pacers up. Russell Westbrook missed a three-pointer at the buzzer. Pacers win from coming back all the way from 19 down 108-106. Just a massive game from buyout market steal Wes Matthews. But as promised, it is scoreboard watching time. Coming into the night, the Thunder were tied for the Rockets, tied with the Rockets for third place. Both teams half a game ahead. Blazers, but with that loss, the Thunder now drop percentage points behind the Blazers into fifth place. Idle Portland, moving on up, baby into fourth i've said this a million times i'll say it a million more fourth is so much better than fifth if you're the blazers obviously 15 games left long way to go but that is a pretty pretty big win uh the rest of the games of note for the blazers utah at home beat minnesota 120 to 100 Hard to get a read on the Jazz. I think they're good, but uh, and now they've won two in a row, and they're you know just two two and a half back of that fifth spot. But they were an eighth two days ago. Um, they're just in that like I was talking about in the last podcast. They're just in that tier of that six, seven, eight tier. They can't get out of it. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But uh, they beat the Derrick Roseless, Jeff Teagless. Timberwolves at at home good win for the Jazz also as I mentioned at the top of this podcast I waited to record this until after the end of the stunningly entertaining maybe not stunningly I guess the Mavericks are pretty bad on the road but but they are a fairly entertaining league pass team and this time they gave that their brand of entertainment to a national audience the TNT game Mavericks Nuggets tonight Nuggets big old win big old victory for the Nuggets they're still just a game back. The Warriors, second place in the West, they've now won two in a row. After, not I don't know if there was a rough stretch, but I, I, uh, they were struggling a little bit. But now they've they got right. Uh, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, Nikola Jokic hit a buzzer beater. Um, it's pretty cool that in crunch time the Nuggets throw the ball into their center and let them take four dribbles and get a leaning 16 footer off Uh, you just not too many teams roll that way but those are the big ones in the west for the Blazers they move into fourth on a night they didn't play Uh, they've got a chance depending on what happens across the rest of the league uh, to climb even higher tomorrow they're at New Orleans other games if we're scoreboard watching and I think we're gonna have to y'all with 15 games left in the regular season the Spurs play host to the very bad New York Knicks. The Rockets play host to the very bad Phoenix Suns. Clippers play host to the very bad Chicago Bulls. So of the West playoff teams, the Blazers play a not very good, maybe even very bad by by the standards I've judged those other teams. Pelicans team, but they're the team on the road. Everyone else is at home with fairly easy matchups. Uh... Like I, I've I've been I've been hammering on. it. I'm gonna keep hammering on it. Got to win the easy ones. This Pelicans game is in the sort of grand scheme of what the Blazers have left in their schedule a fairly easy one. They got to get it. Uh, I will talk to you guys probably not until after both these games play just because of the publishing schedule of this podcast. We'll have to wait till Monday morning to revisit these two uh, the Pelicans Spurs game. That's why I want to get a podcast in. Friday for you, so we could talk about all the fun basketball things, and record books and scoreboard watching and all the boring things that go into a midweek NBA game. But I appreciate you guys listening. If uh, if you would tell a friend about Lockdown Blazers, ask them if they got twenty five minutes to spare to hear um, a friendly basketball dork talk about the Blazers, because I'll definitely do that three four times a week. Uh, If you're looking for this podcast and you just somehow magically came into your ears, it's just available everywhere where you already get podcasts. We are on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Play. We're on Stitcher. We're on Spotify. Stream us in your car. Enjoy us every day. Come back soon. I'll talk to you Monday morning. Appreciate you guys. Bye-bye.